when they say no so communication yeah when they say no that's not it um, I don't like that groove and then you say okay um, what do you want different I don't know I don't like that groove so you have to listen to the music and you have to come up with something different that's still in the ballpark of what they want and figure it out right. um, everybody's definition of pop is different everybody's definition of rap is different Every, everybody's def definition of dance is different so if you're doing a session and especially if you're ghosting for a drummer in a band which happens a lot to where they're not used to being in the studio they call you up because if you want to be a studio drummer mm -hmm. they call you up and say okay this band um, you know their drummer is not used to playing in the studio he doesn't have a good time you know we we need to pull you in so then you have to come in and you have to figure out okay what is missing in this puzzle um, and you can't play it like you you have to play it like what that band is trying to get so your ego you gotta set your ego aside yeah you gotta set your, your ego aside um, and you have to sit there when the drummer is glaring at you and hate your guts because you're replacing his parts that he can't play well enough for the record right. you can't play too you can't play too busy or too hip to where he can't learn it for tour you have to remember that you're ghosting for that guy right. you want people to hear it and think that he did it perfect now if you're um, if you go to some school and they take all your money mm -hmm. and you know and you get your degree and now you're a drummer where are their drum jobs in the year 2018 where are their drum jobs if you want to play drums for a living where do you go to get a drum job um, okay, so uh, there's still drum jobs doing um, shows. Okay, like where? Like uh, Vegas. Okay. There's uh, there's, there's live bands in Vegas. There's live bands in Vegas. All the okay. Cirque shows are live bands. Okay. Um, most of the production shows are live. Mm -hmm. um, so you can, you know, you can do those. Yep. You can tour. Um, there's always new artists looking for drummers t t to tour. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a drummer, you have to know about electronics. You have to know how what to do... What kind of electronics? You have to know about uh, electronic drums, V-drums. Okay. You have to know about hybrid kits, which is right. when you're triggering right. pads around with your drums. Okay. You have to know how to run Pro Tools, because right. most of the time you'd be running Pro Tools and then playing on top of those drum parts. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to analyze those drum parts and what drum parts to play and what drum parts not to play. Okay. That's right, Okay. Everybody, Ken is checking his phone because he's bored with. Uh, no. He's bored with me right no, that's now. That's not true. You have a bigger name on there? <laughs> no, no. Ken has a bigger name. So this is really wonderful information, honestly. Um, and then, yeah, and then you know. if you want to do sessions, um, you have to get to know people that do sessions. You, you have to get to know producers. Mm -hmm. um, you have to reach out to them, whether it be social media or meeting them, you know, at gigs or at parties or people that know them. Um, there's less and less of that, isn't there? I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're going to be the one engineering that, really, more than likely. Yeah, not, not all of it, but yeah. Most so of these it. days, like mm -hmm. a lot of yeah, like a lot of production production music, you could get work to where right. you know that anywhere from like shows for for uh, theme parks yep. or yep. movie trailers or yep. or even movies and stuff. They they send you the tracks, you do them at your place, send them back, you know, over the internet. And then as Kurt Biscara says. Money magically appears in your bank account. Through PayPal. Right. Yeah, they're sending you money in PayPal. Right. Um, you do vanity sessions, which is people that uh, 
well, this is after you build a career. Yeah. Then you know people will want you on their projects, and that could be anywhere from, uh, you know, demo projects to rich guys to frustrated, you know. Uh, weekend warriors. Weekend warriors, yeah. and and they're putting out an album, and and they're sending right. you the tracks, and you can do yeah. all that. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I mean, there's still tours. I mean, even like dance music and stuff. I just saw Britney, and uh, her drummer was playing. Actually had a drum on the stage. Yeah. And uh, playing really good. I uh, saw Katy Perry. Her drummer's really good. Um, Jay-Z, you know, uses, um, what's his name? Tony Royster. Well, who, junior, who kills it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are tours and stuff that's so still that use drummers. Um, it's just not like it was as far as the, that was the only thing that there was. No. And honestly, the reason why they still use drummers on tours and stuff and get rid of a lot of the, bi- a lot of the people is because we're physical. So it looks cool. It's exciting to see a drummer up on stage in back of an artist. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. And of course, country, country gigs, there's a ton of them. Mm-hmm. They all use real drummers still. Right. Um, That'll be the end of the world when country goes all electronic. <laughs> well, Jason Aldean still does some uh, cross stuff. My friend yeah? Rich plays with them. And yeah, he crosses in loops with, with wow. his stuff and everything. They just piss off people like crazy. Well, think? country, if you listen to any of the new stuff, it's like rock. Right. You know, it's really uh, pop rock and, right. you know. It's hard to determine that it's country sometimes. Yeah, like Carrie Underwood. I mean, that's like pop country. And Faith Hill, that was always pop. Mm-hmm. More pop than country. Right. You know. Right. That, that's my other question is, where are their studios? We're going to go longer than this, too. You, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Um, so, okay, know, so so studios, you know... We just got our time limit lifted, so so we're good. <laughs> so, you're good. so you have a little beverage if you need to, you know, replenish your palate. I don't know if I'm that. talking about art as much as drums, I guess. So any any well, drummers or musicians. So and and the other gonna, thing, too. Know, how about, I see we have to get the whole gamut. There's going to be a little shoot the moon talk in this as well. You know, well, well, okay, but, but also... We may get ice cream at some point, you know. Also, I wanted to say, you know, yeah. as a drummer, which I know you tell everybody, too, you know which is funny for me, don't hang out with drummers, you know, hang out with bass players, hang out with guitar players, hang because out with, with musical directors, because they'll get you work. Drummers won't get you work. Right. I mean, they will. I get recommended by drummers and stuff, but I get After more... After they couldn't get it, though. Yeah, right. I mean, there's yeah. still a little bit of competitive thing there. Right. You know, and I mean, I do drum duets with, with all these great drummers, right. but I just do that for an artistic standpoint. It's not really a work standpoint. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that in. So that's good. So, good it's all good advice. You're saying they should become engineers. They should learn about business. They should learn about marketing. They should know where gigs are. You know, that, so that they can... Oh, and the them. number one thing, yeah. like Jeff Picaro told me, mm. if you're on time, you're late. Right. You have to be early. Right. You have to be on time. And, uh, and Ricky Lawson told me, leave your drama at the door. Right. Nobody wants to be on a session and they don't want to be brought down. Um, right. Or like how Blaine told me, you know, whenever you go to a session, bring stuff for everybody else. Bring extra bass strings, right. bring extra guitar strings. I love strings. that, I love that. That's I, so, I was like, what? So now I'm like a fucking little music store? I <laughs> hey, you want reality or not? I mean, No, I do, and I, mean, I love this. The thing is, it's music business, okay? Yeah. And I've had friends that, you know, I've gotten fired <coughs> off of arena tours because they showed up late or they didn't show up right. or they thought they were rock stars they thought they were rock stars and I mean they were rock stars right. but 
were being the main still thing. In business, though. Well, it's just you have a lot of people depending on you, and you have a lot of money at, at stake. And yeah, life's a party, but guess what? You have to show up, right. and you have to. There's a downbeat. And you have to do a downbeat, and you know. I like that. That's very, very useful. I'm, I'm honest. Honestly, it's very useful. It's very comprehensive, useful information because, again, and I get from people that are all like, "Well, you know, I don't want to be a kiss ass." Blah 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 blah. I'm not saying be a kiss ass. Right. I'm, I'm saying be real, but also, you know, you have to remember, music is your passion. But you're asking me about business. Yes. So it's all like of it. it's all like it. music is your passion, yeah. but that's why you have people that that go out and and do it, you know. Like my friend Mark Shulman, who plays with Pink last ten years, and Foreigner, and you know Cher, and everybody, um, you know, because he's a great drummer. He's also great at business. Mm-hmm. He's also the most positive guy I've ever met. Mm-hmm. He's a fun hang. He's funny, and he's dependable. Right. You know, and people. So you're gonna get what you what and, you expect. Yeah, and I mean, the best clinic I ever saw was was Picaro and was. Uh, um, how blame? Why is that? Because they talked about that, mm-hmm. and actually, how more than more than Jeff did. Mm-hmm. But um, that's what makes that's what separates the boys from the men. Because most most of us, you know, and including me, I mean, growing up, you get passionate, you just want to play music, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, everything's you know just so amazing and stuff like that. But no, you have to be political. You have to, you know, and you really have to figure out what people are trying to get out of you. You know. Like one producer I just did a session for, and he said, you know, I like to take what you did, but crystallize it. Interesting. And, then, and you know, I had two choices at that point. I could either say, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> what are you, an idiot? <laughs> but no, you can't. Because, crystallize. Because what he was hearing was crystallize. And, and basically what he was hearing was more symbols. Okay. So I gave him more symbols. So it's a tonality thing. It was a tonality in thing case. in that case. Yeah. And I didn't know if it was that. I right. just took a guess. And I've done enough sessions to figure out, oh, okay, he wants a cleaner sound. So right. more high-end, crystallized. Right. But, you know, when you first hear stuff like that, you're like, oh, you know, how did this producer get in here? But... <laughs> but <laughs> it doesn't matter because they're paying, right? I mean... Right. Even if they're wrong, they're right, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, and if you come from that place, too, you know... They do know what they're talking about, even if they can't translate it to That's you. That's true. That's true. You know, and right. they're in a position to where, you know, and I mean, at first you won't be working with producers that big, but normally you work with guys that have done stuff before. Right. And so, you know, they have a valid talent, right. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Now, you've seen it all change, you know, so I feel like right. there's all these drummers out there who've seen this change, and I don't feel like they were as flexible as you. You know, but you've seen it all change. I mean, you literally saw when like drums was like the premier, oh yeah, instrument of a band, and a band was the thing that everybody paid, was in movies, was in, into what it is now. You know, right? There used to be a ton and ton of session work, mm-hmm. you know, and and there's not anymore because of the way things changed. Does that? How does that affect you, if at all? Meaning, not not your business. Well, of course, it, was, it affected. Me, I mean, you but, as an artist, like, does it? make you happy or sad or there's no are you indifferent to the fact that there's way less drumming involved in with you know the audio arts as it was before I, I, I always think change is good and to me it's a challenge it's like okay this whole climate is changing um, and I used to be the type of person that would really hang on to 
you know, what I know and, and everything around me. And it's got to be this way. And, what changed that and, for you? When, um, did you? when did you change being, from being that kind of person to the person you are now? Well, it's, it's, it's evolving. You know, I've never heard anybody explain EDM the way you just did. Really? No. Because I knew all that. I could kind of hear it in what they're doing, you know. But I don't really listen to it. Okay. And right. um, but I've never. But when you explained that to me, it was very. It almost sounded like you're describing a classical pianist. Right. In a sense. Right. Where you could have a whole concert with one guy. And I will say, you know, when you're talking about schooled and yeah. unschooled. Yeah. In the DJ world, you have that as well. And some of the unschooled guys, you're like, oh my gosh, that's killer. Mm. How did that guy come up with that? Mm -hmm. You know. And then you hear the schooled guys, too, and you're like, oh, my gosh, that's great. And then you hear, you know, Steve Aoki. He comes up with some stuff, and you're like, you know, I've been doing loops forever, and that's so simple, yet he put it together kind of like jazz, to where it's like you hear, you know, you hear not even like a complicated line, you know, from Monk or, or uh, Miles. Right. It's like really, really, it's like, you know, just simple. Right. And you're like, you know, that just moves you. It's like, gosh. That's perfect. Why didn't you know? Why didn't I come up with that? I mean, it's right. brilliant. Right. And place brilliant and breathes and and somehow has emotion right. to it. You know. Right. It's the same way with electronics. It's like, it's like um, when it's playing vibes. Um, vibes is is a hard instrument to get emotion out of, and uh, and even marimba and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, because it's just what note on note off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You hit it. You you hit it and and you know. And it, There's less articulation than a string being plucked. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so I was lucky enough to have that, that instrument, you know, which I kind of stopped playing after a while yeah. when, I, when I got into drums and, and all that kind of stuff because I had more of a passion for that. But I did learn from that. I mean, that really showed me how to put emotion into it. And I was young enough to where I didn't realize it, but I was trying to sound like a saxophone. I was trying to sound like Bird on the vibes. Mm. Um, I mean, Mel Jackson has incredible, you know, feel and, and uh, dynamics with it. He always laid back mm -hmm. tons when he played and everything. You can tell in two notes if it's him. Mm -hmm. And then Gary Burton, of course, he took it to another level. I mean, he did, um, you know, fusion and he mm -hmm. did, you know, he could play bebop too like crazy but he also played you know on pop stuff and mm -hmm. he was kind of the go-to guy and he would bend notes and, and do unorth unorthodox stuff you right. know? Um, but it's a very hard in instrument to get stuff out of and, and uh, synthesizers and, and plugins and EDM it's the same thing it's a hard instrument to get mm. to get emotion out of right. and a lot of these DJs can do that Right. And I can do it to some stuff, you know. I do it in my Echo Wacko stuff. Mm -hmm. That's the band I do with. Your Echo. EDM. Yeah. Is that what you would classify Echo that as? Um, yeah, ours is kind of more. With Echo, it's kind of more pop mm -hmm. um, dance. But it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a lot of like electronic stuff. I mean, okay. I, I do play a lot of the beats with electronic stuff, and I do layer stuff with some real drums and everything. Mm -hmm. You've heard some of it. Right. Um, but it's like all art. I mean, painting or writing um, to me the things that move me is emotion right and the hardest thing is putting emotion in and even like uh, going back to Ken's band shoot the moon mm -hmm. um, you know when I was playing uh, JX8P or any of the synthesizers yes. in yeah. there um, Chuck's J JX8P yeah. yeah I would do it with 
with volume or I would do it with attack or something like that. I mean, it's, it's definitely, and the DJs are doing that. Yeah, which, no, which, I, do, which I don't did. think they, yeah. get, they don't get a lot of credit for. Right. But it's like... You, you know why? Because we can't tell that that's why it sounds good. Because you guys do it so good that we think that you're just going like, you're just slamming down fingers. Right. But it, like if we talk about Shoot the Moon, like, you know, the way I was going to actually bring that into our conversation was that, you know, like you're playing with Bunny Brunel and you've got people like Kea Kagi and, you know, and Katie went on to play with Miles Davis. and So right. it's fusion. The fusion is this sort of music that's, you know, like jazz, but on electronic instruments and... You know, these are good musicians, you know, and then your friend Ken's like, hey, you want to play keyboards and shoot the moon? <laughs> you know, and record scratch sound. And then, you know, so like, um, and then, but then you did that, you know, and and you, and you and I recently went back and I posted a bunch of live videos of those performances and I was shocked at what you were doing. Like, I was right there and I never heard it. Right. You know, like it, it, it and, and, you know, it was what you were doing with volume. Yeah, and basically all it is is putting emotion into it. It's what you do when you. Yeah, do but I thought the sliding. Drums. I thought I thought the slider on the the volume slider on the keyboard was for putting at full blast, <laughs> and then you just bang away at the keys. I didn't know that you would actually right. hold that thing. It goes to eleven. And you were moving it up and down, and sometimes you're creating like almost a tremolo effect with it. Right, you're trying to blend in. You're trying to give some emotion to it. Yeah, it was, you it know? was really amazing the stuff. You the horn hit you would do, and but you know we also do that with drums. Hmm. You know, I mean, if you look at the way we, we play drums and we do upstrokes and ghost notes mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff, basically we're just adding emotion to a stagnant sound. Mm, to a singular note, we're trying to give it some flair or some kind of right. texture or something. Some kind of emotion. Right. You know. Right. And, then, and I think that's the key to any kind of art, if you can put some kind of, you know, emotion into it. Right. You know, I mean, that's why Kurt Cobain can play guitar and, and it kind of moves you. You know, he's a horrible guitar player, mm -hmm. but he puts emotion into it. Mm, right, you know? right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, so you've, so that, I think that's why you are not as affected by all this change as strongly as other musicians. Well, I mean, I've been, a, always were adaptable. I've been an engineer too since I was like 11. I mean, I was working on, you know, real-to-real mm -hmm. -real stuff and, and, uh. Yeah, you had all kinds of crap when I came over the house. Yeah, when I first met you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was collecting stuff. I, I always had engineer friends. I wouldn't only do a session. And I, I was fortunate enough to start doing sessions when I was really young, you know, really young. And, uh, and I became best friends with, with great engineers, you know. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, I'd always call them and, and, you know, I'd always try to buy their old equipment or, you know, mm -hmm. I mean... You know, it was a dream come true when, when uh, digital came in and all that kind of stuff because I could finally, you know, afford analog synths or I could, you know, because uh, they dropped all the stuff. Right. And I'm still a geek, you know. I still have 2-inch 24 tracks, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I'm building my new studio that's going to have, you know, the Trident TSM console and all that kind of stuff. I love still mixing old school with, with new stuff. But I don't shy away from the new stuff because I think it's all legit. Right. And, yeah, and at yeah. the end of the day, it's just tools to make your art. So, yes. you know, make your art. And same with my, my drum duets. I mean, when I started that, um, it was purely just because I had been writing, you know, drum solo stuff since I was 10. Right. And then, and I'd been thinking forever to do drum duets pieces. And then it just finally got to the point. It's like the most rarest thing on the earth. I mean, as a drummer, I used to try to find... 
No, you know what's more rare than that? What? Is that Steve Gadd and Taylor Hawkins and all those guys said yes. That's more, that's more rare than, than writing duets in my bedroom when I couldn't get a date when I'm, you know, 14. Right. So, yeah. But, but I mean, that was, I think the reason why that project works and it got really good response, both of them, is just because um, I do it no matter what. I mean, I love it. So, right. so it's like I write drum duets no matter what. It's like right. I'm not doing it for notoriety. I'm not doing it for for anything else except I love drums. You're not doing that for approval. I'm not doing it for approval, no. Right. And I love drums and I love duets and I kind of have a, a no um, compromise thing on that. Mm -hmm. So if I send somebody a duet or something like that and they want me to change it to a certain way or something like that, I, I don't. Because it's about this thing you made and you're like, play this with me. Right. And they're like, change it. They're like, well, no, you didn't make it. I made that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and it, it's never, it's actually only happened once out of 30 guys that I've done. Yeah. But, um, and it, and he had a valid point. I mean, mm -hmm. I know where he's coming from, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I do this project because it's my, I guess it's my vision on it. Right, I mean, you love you know? it, right? Yeah, I love it. And I mean, I want them to put their take on it. I write it for them. Right. You know, my take on them, I guess, is what, right. I'm, what I'm trying to say on all that. Right. But, uh. But yeah, I mean, when I started that, it's like, you know, nobody, everybody thought I was crazy. They're, they're like, there's not going to be a market for that. Nobody cares. It's just drums, you know. And I'm like, well, guess what? Nobody cares about DJs either, you know. Right. Look how wrong they were. You know? Right. I mean, you know, you and I, uh, you're playing drums for Kazumi, and then we were doing some stuff over there at Patrick Mraz's studio. And, and I remember there was an engineer, he was this heavyset guy. Ah, what was his name? But he was the engineer at Timecode Studio. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like Barry? Barry, yeah. Barry, yeah. Barry. Like, now he's the star. Now he's the star. Isn't that really what it is? Yeah, is no, it that's exactly it. Right? That's exactly it. Like, he's a squelchy well, guy. Yeah. Well, no, but, but okay, the, the thing is, yeah, some of them, that's exactly it. He's the star. And his thing that he was on this big whatever council it was, <laughs> That's his instrument. It got smaller, but like the instrument became faders, and the instrument became turn the tape on, turn the tape off. Or... Right, right. Is that kind of weird? Don't yeah, that's kind of wild. It is wild. And you know, Madonna was really above the curve on that because she got. Uh, I, I could be wrong, but I think she was the first one that got a DJ to uh, to produce her. Oh, really? And everybody's like, "What?" So she knew something about that. But she was, that was a, a, she was above the curve. That that ear was something that would be. Art. Yeah. That's interesting. And it's a thing. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a thing. You know, it's infectious. It's uh, it's Depeche Mode. It's you know, infectious stuff. Mm -hmm. well, like now, said, and yeah. and not everybody can do it. I mean, that's no. that's what all my musicians say. Oh, I should just go do this and do it. It's like not everybody can do it. You, or they wouldn't want to. Right. You would. That's the key. You know, and there are some guys doing it out there for money, and you can tell, and, and you know, they're semi-successful and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But it's like I was saying before, I really don't think you can fake, you know, passion. The good stuff will float to the top. That's what I believe. Right. A lot of people think it's not good on the top, but but if you listen to a lot of stuff, you're like, okay, there's something there. There's a reason that it that guy, appealed to so many. That guy did something on that. Right. You know. Right. And if you go to a club, you can see... 19 year old girls dancing to it mm -hmm. it's like okay there's something there right 
something real that they hear. Yeah. Right. Do you think that... Um, do you think that drumming will ever be what it was? No, of course not. No. Do I think string players will start working again? Of course not. Right. You know, I mean, string players do work, but not like the heyday. Right. I mean, literally, uh, they were saying in the 60s, you know, if you came to Vegas, me and you came to Vegas and could even hold a violin, right. we'd work. That's right. how much string players were working in the 60s right. and 70s. Right. You know, and you'd be a pretty crap string player and get a gig. Yeah. I mean, Hal Blaine says that the Lindrum put him out of work. Really? Yeah. I don't believe it, but that's what he says. Because there were guys working at that time. I remember the first time I saw electronic drums was, you know, the I told you before, the Craig Cramp drum clinic that Roy Burns had. Right, on. right. Yeah, and Craig told us that everybody would be walking around with suitcases instead of drumsticks, and we'd have little floppy disks, and we'd, those would be our performances. It wouldn't be any drums anymore. We were just all like, you're stupid. You're, no, that's... Yeah, he was right. Yeah. It wasn't floppy disk, it turned out to be, you know, iPads, and it turned out to be, uh, right. you know, laptops. You could do a concert on a on an iPhone, couldn't you? Or do you remember oh, Howard right. Jones? He went out solo. Right. Everybody hated him. <laughs> right. Remember? But uh, he was above, he was ahead of the wave. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, to me, no. and, and uh, But I don't think it should be. I think we should all move forward. And uh, even though people don't think it's moving forward, I think it is. Creativity will always be creativity. It doesn't matter what tools you have. It doesn't matter how drums change. It doesn't matter how music changes. If Beethoven walked in today and you gave him a laptop and Ableton Live mm -hmm. and Serato, he would blow your mind and he would blow my mind. Mm -hmm. Do you think he would be going, oh, you know what? No, let's go back and let me just write on a piano and do orchestral stuff. I highly doubt it. Right. But that's going to freak, that's got to just freak just thousands of conventional musicians. And I shouldn't say that word because that's prejudice. Because they're all musicians. Anybody who makes music is a musician, right? Yeah. That's just I mean, I see what you're saying, though. The status yeah. quo. They're not even the status quo anymore. They're not even, right? I mean, isn't this the first year? I read somewhere where this is the first year that Coachella had no, like, bands that was all electronic music. Right. But I don't know. I, I don't see that as a bad thing. But then I'm, you know, I'm also, like I said, I've been an engineer since I was a kid. Um, I started out with music that was already dead, bebop. Yes. Um, institutions tried to, you know, prolong it, you know, including my dad. And he's done some great things. And I, I think him teaching kids, it is awesome, you know. Yeah. But right. um, when you ask how I got my thing from, and, yeah. and when, you know, uh, you know, I took from some of my teachers. I mean, they were like narrow-minded and really made me narrow-minded for a few years. Yeah. You know, where it's like, okay, you have to move to New York, you have to play bebop. All the other music is horrible. That old path. Nothing, nothing. You know, uh, you know, anything like pop or rock or anything you, you shouldn't play because it doesn't matter and and it's it's simple, stupid, stupid music mm -hmm. and stuff. And all of that was not it at all. You know. Why? Because there's so many. I know people that think exactly what you're, the way you feel. So right. Why was it not garbage? That other path, the other. Because it's not. You, there's great stuff out there that's not bebop, and there's great people being creative and, and making stuff. And 
and doing music and making art, right. you know. I mean, and there's great bebop guys now out there, you know. There's there's great people doing that. Right. I just I just you know I like taking colors for my palette of the old and the new and putting it all together. I don't want to do a fine art painting of Picasso mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. and a it, bad yeah. and I don't want to do a bad imitation of a of right. a of a Imitated. Picasso. Right. Yeah. When, what made you, if you remember, what made you think that? What made you go against what your teachers were, that culture, that bebop culture, and think that, no, this, there's actually something there. Do you remember, like, what made you realize that maybe there was something in other forms of music, you know, music other than bebop? Yeah, I mean, I think it was when, when Chad got with Zappa, because that opened up, a, like, a whole new thing. And I love that, how Zappa's the, because that's a, that's a pretty high-end music. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, he dressed funny like I dressed, <coughs> and uh, he was an individualist. He was an individualist. He he could wear you know, whatever he wanted. I mean, he wore crazy you know yellow shorts and you know, um, I mean stuff I wear would not would not uh, freak him out at all. You know what I mean? But right. but uh, you know, I just learned a lot from him because to me that was just like really somebody good to look up to and. Uh, Terry Bozio, you know, I met him at the same time, okay. and uh, he was totally into the new wave thing. He had crazy hair, um, which Frank didn't like, right? Which Frank didn't like, um, but he was an individual. You know, he was uh, when he played and everything. He was a showman, right? I mean, over the top. He wasn't right. like a, a, you know, a jazz guy, Vinny guy, or right. or any of those guys. I mean, he was jumping around. He was doing all that stuff. He kind of seemed like. He was anti, you know, drums when he was going through, like, the missing persons yeah. phase. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. And, uh, and so all that stuff just influenced me and just opened me up to, to you know, there's more, there's more into the world and, and there's more to embrace on new stuff. Why not just keep doing new stuff? You know, and then I got into Miles and, and uh, you know, some stuff I don't like of Miles and yeah. some stuff, you know, I think is, is great. Um, he was pretty cool. I saw a thing on YouTube of him on that show that Sanborn used to have. So it was like, you know, Miles Electric days, you know. Right. And I can't remember what it was, but I was watching it. And I remember seeing that back in the day, and I didn't really get it. But, like, I watched it just the other day, and I was like, dang, that was good. Right. Like, you know, I thought he was sort of eccentric and like, the way he dressed and the way he wore his hair. I just didn't get it. Yeah. Because I couldn't see past all that, but musically, it was a very amazing thing that he did. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So even when he wasn't doing his, you know, cool 20 suits or 40 suits or whatever those were, and, you know, uh, you know, straight ahead jazz, I mean, he was still making what I felt was, art, you know, satisfying artistic music. Right. Yeah. yeah. I just liked him because he was always, you know, pushing it and mm -hmm. always, uh, you know, and talking about a showman not being a showman, you know. Right. He was a. He had a certain intensity about him, like he was a sort of a force. Oh, he was a total force. Yeah. The other guy who was a force was Maynard. Maynard yes. Ferguson. You know, playing with him, you know, mm -hmm. learned a ton. Same thing, you know, being a force. And then you know, Lindsey Buckingham. He was a total force. And right. you know, when I started playing and recording with him, I didn't know anything about Fleetwood Mac or anything. You're the one who 
actually told me to get rumors. I, I, uh, you're right. And then you ended up playing with those guys. I, I, um, uh, was just talking to the skateboarder. He's only, I want to say he's 14. And he plays French horn in, in Lakewood somewhere, some school. And I've known him since he was a little kid. And he was talking about how he used to play trumpet. And I said, oh, who do you, who, did you ever listen to trumpet music? Yeah, Maynard Ferguson. Right. Today, you know, yeah. 2018. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah, I run into people all the time and, and the least likely people that you would think. And they're like, oh my gosh, I was in high school and I saw Maynard and <laughs> changed my life. Yeah, I mean, that guy was a showman. How did that affect you musically to play with him? It was awesome.